This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. They call you beautiful when you're pregnant, but not when you're on your periods. Don't they know that you can't have one without the other? Hello ladies. Thank you for tuning in to Guy from Gynac. This is Dr. Ash and I'm going to speak directly to you. things that you've always been wanting to hear from someone so let us begin our journey menstrual well-being is still a concept in development despite the fact that periods are natural and healthy biological process women still hesitate to ask questions or seek advices related to awareness and knowledge about periods and how to manage it it's high time we initiated discussions about normal menstruation and bleeding pattern while also assessing menstrual cycle related issues and most importantly speak up about menstrual sanitation so how many of you have visited your local pharmacy and sheepishly pointed out at a packet of sanitary pads carrying it wrapped in a newspaper inside a black plastic bag yes i know you're nodding out there and how many of you paraded to the restroom during the school days with a tampon secretly stuffed inside your pockets as though you were spies delivering encrypted info back then we had no idea either about ovaries and menstrual cycle or of hygiene and sanitation products we have all grown up since then but the way few people perceive periods still remained the same shenet went to sun in her book written on the body coats when she bleeds the smell i know change color There is iron in her soul on those days. Half of the population in the world has to deal with this for decades in their lives. It is long overdue that we normalize speaking about it, at least from today after this episode. For some basic info, menstruation is cyclical shedding of uterine lining or the endometrium. The time when the girl first bleeds is called menarche and the cessation of cycles is called menopause. On an average, women menstruate for 5 days in her 28-day cycle. But a recent study reveals that only 13% of women have a 28-day cycle. Every cycle has two aspects: an ovarian aspect, which includes the follicular phase, the ovarian phase, and the luteal phase, and the endometrial aspect, which includes the menstrual phase, the proliferative phase, and the secretory phase. While the first few days may vary, the last phase, that being the luteal or the secretory phase, remains constant at 14 days all of these are orchestrated by hormones estrogen and progesterone being the crucial ones in the cyclical play the idea behind all of this is to prepare an endometrium ideal for implantation of embryo that is the fertilized egg if there is no pregnancy the ovary stops producing estrogen and progesterone the endometrium is shed and you bleed an average of 2 to 6 days of flow with around 20 to 60 ml of blood loss any deviation from the routine demands the necessity for you to see me or your gynec there are certain terms we use as doctors when it comes to your periods let me break it down for you menorrhagia it means abnormally heavy or prolonged periods which can be bleeding for more than a week with passage of clots changing pads every couple of hours to changing several pads over a day or waking up at night to change a pad or having symptoms of anemia that is fatigue and tiredness 
on an average 1 in 20 women present with this condition. It can be due to hormonal imbalance like in cases of PCO, thyroid disorders, obesity or can be a dysfunction of ovaries as in an anovulatory cycle. Treatment might include medicines from basic antifibrinolytics to progesterone to combined hormonal pills, iron supplements or maybe surgeries like endometrial ablation, resection or hysterectomy depending upon your age or your choice. Next in line is dysmenorrhea or the one we commonly address to as painful periods which can begin 1-2 to two days before your bleeding and goes on till 72 hours into it. Primary dysmenorrhea is usually pain with nausea and vomiting, fatigue and occasional diarrhea. This is mainly because of the prostaglandins which are released into the circulation. Secondary dysmenorrhea happen in scarring and fibrosis in cases of endometriosis or pelvic inflammatory disease or maybe in cases of bulky uterus due to fibroids or adenomyosis. Dysmenorrhea can be managed by routine analgesics or the combined hormonal pills or intrauterine hormonal device along with rest, massage, hot water bag, avoiding trigger agents like caffeine, smoking or alcohol. If your periods are delayed for more than 35 days or if you bleed less than 6 times a year, the term for it is oligomenorrhea. If this is because you are on a cyclical pill, then it's fine because you tend to have lighter periods. It is also normally seen in women who are into sports or heavy exercise routines. The ones who have eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia tend to have such periods too. Likewise, it might be common in women with thyroid imbalance or diabetes or with increased blood levels of prolactin or even for someone who is on antipsychotic or anti-epileptic treatment. This condition involves managing the underlying cause and some lifestyle changes. More importantly, one is asked to shift to cyclical hormonal pills since less than 4-5 to five cycles a year increases the risk of endometrial hyperplasia and endometrial cancer. Contrastingly, if your menses are every 21 days or less, it is referred to as polymenorrhea. In this scenario, ovulation happens sooner so the entire cycle length becomes unpredictable. It is mostly normal to have a cycle like this. Stress and certain STDs like chlamydia or gonorrhea also lead to such cycles. We are usually keen on such cycles when someone is planning for fertility so as to point out the exact day of ovulation. These days what we are seeing very commonly is metrorrhagia or intermenstrual spotting in women who are on Atkins or keto diet. Also, it is very commonly seen in women who have just taken an emergency contraceptive pill or in women who have an intrauterine device. If the spotting happens post-sex, then that becomes a pointer for cervical inflammation or cancerous conditions. This can happen in extreme of ages too or in stress or gynec causes like endometriitis, polyps or pelvic inflammatory disease. What is important is for you to understand that you don't have to accept any of these and simply get on with it or put up with it. Woman, you have suffered silently all these years, but not anymore. Menstrual disorders are treatable and early management improves long-term health. All you have to do is just reach out to us. Every month, 1.8 billion people around the world menstruate and millions of these girls, women, transgender women and non-binary persons find it difficult to manage their cycle in a dignified and healthy way. Many miss out on education 
or work and opportunities in their life. NFHS 4 data of 2015-16 suggests that 52% of women aged 15 to 24 in rural areas do not use modern menstrual hygiene methods. Many from the third world countries still can't afford menstrual products and rely on newspapers or rags or even banana peels. There have been reports of women from countries like Kenya engaging in transactional sex just to acquire menstrual hygiene products. Around 23% of girls in India are forced to drop out of school completely after they start menstruating. Shocking, right? There are multiple programs run by the Indian government under RMNCHA for menstrual health management. We have to recognize and implement knowledge and bring awareness related to menstrual health and hygiene. I get a lot of questions regarding what needs to be done or what one should refrain from during periods. Let me go about this with some Q&A. Should you bathe during periods? Definitely yes. Wash yourself well. Some usually prefer warm showers to ease off the cramps or the backaches. Next question, is it advisable to use soap in the vagina? Okay, so soaps are known to affect the naturally occurring vaginal organisms. The usual vaginal pH is acidic in the pH of 3.8 to 4.5 due to the lactobacilli which is present there. Soaps tend to distort the flora and the pH. A proper cleaning with water itself should be sufficient. Cleaning yourself with hands or tissue from vagina to anus is the recommended way and not vice versa. Moving on. How good are the feminine hygiene deodorants or sprays? There have been incidences of rashes, itching, and heavy vaginal discharge owing to the chemicals present in them. You can use toilet paper or non-perfumed non-alcoholic wet wipes. They do the job quite well. Another question. What about undergarments or clothes? So try wearing something which is soft and breathable. Also, you can go in for organic panty liners which are breathable. Another one. Is there anything one should avoid eating during menses? Nothing at all. Have a proper balanced diet and maintain adequate hydration. Also, a little pampering with chocolates or fast food does no harm at all. A big doubt. Is sex permissible during periods? Well, That's completely up to you and your partner. Some couples do find it a bit messy, but if you two are fine with it, then go on with it. Point alert: Do not forget to use a condom to prevent the risks of STIs. And finally, the most important question: Which sanitary products should I use? So, this one is totally up to you and entirely your choice. Whatever suits you will work for you. be it pads, tampons or cups. Important thing is to stick to one product and one brand. You can use a combination products like a pad and a tampon or multiple pads depending upon your flow. But then the dryness makes you oblivious to change which might increase the risk of infections, noticeably the dangerous toxic shock syndrome. Symptoms being fever, diarrhea, muscle ache and weakness. Warm menstrual blood serves as a good ground for bacteria and fungus to grow and multiply which can lead to irritation rashes and even UTIs. So, it is always advisable to change a pad or a tampon every 4 to 6 hours. Also, you should never ever flush your pad or a tampon down the toilet 
you can just be the culprit for disturbing the plumbing system of your entire apartment. Discard it properly, wrapped in a napkin, to reduce the staining and spread of bacteria or some viruses. And don't forget to wash your hands after that. Among the products available, there are napkins, pads, tampons, menstrual cups, period panties and a few other options. Individually exploring them, firstly the napkins or the pads. They are the most widely used or known product around the country. It can be either reusable or disposable. The reusable ones are the age-old followed cloth pads. These can be washed clean after every use and sun-dried to avoid bacterial and fungal growth. There is a surge of reusable pads in village areas due to the various NGOs participating in menstrual hygiene and small-scale industry setup. The disposable ones are the ones freely available in the market. Nowadays, there are even options of biodegradable pads which are non-plastic. Another option, panty liners. These are thinner napkins which can be used on lighter days. With pads, it becomes very easy because it's cheap or available locally. It requires no training, no insertion and can even be used as a backup to prevent leaks. Up next are tampons. These are something which are more common in the western countries. It's a cylindrical absorbent product with a thread attached as a tail to pull it out later. It may or may not come with an applicator to push the tampon in the vagina. Tampons can be worn even during workouts or swim, avoids uneasiness unlike the pads and fits easily inside your pocket and even can be used by those who have never had sex. But then it does require some knowledge of anatomy when you're inserting it at least during the first few times. Next in are the now emerging menstrual cups. These can be made either of silicon or rubber and are reusable. They are flexible, they are compact and do hold a good amount of blood. Depending on whether you've had a vaginal delivery or not, you have to pick up a right size, pinch the cup to form a C, push it in and let it sit around the cervix. When you want to remove it out, pinch it at the base or the stem Bring it out and pour the contents in the toilet. After this, rinse it with tap water and let it dry. Though the initial investment is a bit much, this does prove effective in the long run and it's completely environmental friendly. There are rare incidences of the cup displacing the IUDs, but like I said, it's very rare. Also with the newer ones, something like the menstrual disc, you can have sex too without your partner knowing about the disc and without you having any bleeding. Lastly, there are period panties which are similar to underwear but with extra layer of fabric to absorb menstrual blood. It might be slightly expensive but it's completely reusable and can be used on light to moderate days of bleeding. For the gender neutral population, while a whole lot of work needs to be done, there are boxer briefs or shorts similar to period panties and organic cups in unassuming packaging along with inclusive approach in marketing and design. Interestingly, there have been some references to using sea sponges as reusable tampons. One needs to wet the sponge before insertion, rinse it after every 3-4 to four hours and thoroughly clean and dry it. This can break inside and later harbor bacterial growth. Among all the products that I have discussed above, this is something I just do not recommend. There is a concept of free bleeding which was promoted by Kiran Gandhi when she ran the London Marathon in 2015 with blood dripping down her clothes. This does risk staining of clothes and again 
spread certain viral infections, but she did channel positivity around periods and feminism. Rupi Kaur, the poet, too challenged Instagram standards by posting a picture of herself on her period. The blotch of crimson hue did jolt the netizens, but was a portrait of a truth which many chose to ignore or rather shy away from. All the ads with girls riding bikes or jumping around at whites, showcasing there is nothing that you cannot do when you bleed, that life should not stop and you should keep going on regardless, pretending as if periods isn't happening, does seem exciting, but it doesn't honor the reason that you actually do bleed. It's time to slow down and rejuvenate. The encouragement to keep going is very linear straight line approach to what is a cyclical process. Woman, think about yourself, your lifestyle, your well-being and what is best for you. Together, let us try to build a community where there are no limitations when it comes to talking about menstruation with anyone that matters to us. That's all I have for you in this episode. If you love this episode, do share your views on my Instagram or Twitter handle. As always, let me leave you with a thought. Remember, you matter, you are important and you're heard. I'm all about you and I wish you an amazing week ahead. Goodbye.